we have had a lot of people who have completely come off their painkillers and um, so things like you know endone tarjan which are really strong painkillers and things like lyrica which are really like strong and have quite a lot of side effects as well that help with nerve pain and um, we have people that have slowly managed to come off them completely and don't use them anymore they just use medicinal cannabis products um, and a lot of the time people do come to us wanting to try and slowly wean off um, the sort of medications that they're using at the moment because they've been on it for a long time or they don't like the side effects some people have been able to completely sort of cut down on that and therefore they're not feeling constipated all the time they're not feeling nauseous and they're not feeling drowsy because you know that's all things that opioid medication can do to you yeah we've had really good success with quite a lot of our patients have been able to do that which is amazing um and you know the ones that can't get off them completely have still been able to cut down on them a lot deep balance song I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together let's find your unique balance. All right, Balancers, I'm really excited for today's interview because the chat we're having today is on a topic that I've not spoken about on the podcast. It's not something I know a lot about either. So we're all down for some high-level education today. I am (laughs) honored to be joined by Dr. Suzanne Graham, who's working closely with Atlas, a medical cannabis consultancy service. So really excited to chat with you about all things medical cannabis and I guess learn about its benefits and all the other things that you're knowledgeable about. So welcome to the Balance Theory podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really um, appreciate being invited on. Um, and oh, it's always no good problem. to sort of just spread that awareness. And, you know, a lot of people don't know much about medicinal cannabis and sort of the benefits it can bring. So that's uh, sort of why we've come on today. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I do want to obviously get into, I guess, the more theoretical talk about medical cannabis side of things, but I'm actually very curious just a little bit about you, Mm. um, what it is you're doing and how you actually fell into working with a medical cannabis consultancy. Can you just share a little bit about your background and I guess how you've ended up working in the space you are now? Yeah, so um, as you may or may not guess, I have a bit of an accent. So I'm originally from Ireland and did my medical degree and started working as a doctor over there for about three years um, and then um, decided to move to sunny Australia for some nice weather and beaches and worked in emergency. I don't blame you. (laughs) I don't blame me either. It just rains all the time in Ireland. (laughs) So loving life, uh, you know, very sunny um, beach life. But yeah, so I started, um, I moved over here and started working in sort of emergency departments for a good two years and then transitioned to cancer care. And it was sort of there that I was exposed to medicinal cannabis. Before that, I had never really thought about it, didn't really know much about it. Um, And yeah, I couldn't even really tell patients much about it at all because I didn't know much about it myself because it's not something that you learn about in medical school or anything like that. Um, So once I moved to cancer care, I started seeing a lot of patients who were using it to control symptoms such as pain or nausea and vomiting um, and I was just blown away by sort of the response that they had um, to it and that's what got me really interested. Um, for example, I had a patient who was sort of um, in his early 40s who had been diagnosed with terminal 
pancreas cancer and um, was on massive doses of like strong painkillers, opioids, anti-sickness medication because of his chemo. He was getting radiotherapy at the same time. So he was getting all these symptoms associated with both his cancer and his treatment. Um, he had a young family at the time and he just found that with all the sort of medication that he was taking to try and stop his pain and his sickness, that he was actually feeling really tired all the time. He was feeling really constipated, really sick um, and was just sleeping most of the day um, and he wasn't able to do things with his sort of um, young children and things like that that was really important to him and um, he started medicinal cannabis um, and was able to reduce the amount of sort of strong painkillers and opioids and things like that by two-thirds which was amazing so wow. that meant that his pain was better controlled he was able to go and do stuff with his family and he wasn't get as many side effects from the painkillers that he was remaining on because he wasn't using as much of them so he was able to go and his quality of life just increased for the time that he had left which was just mind-boggling for um a treatment that i had never really heard that much of before in the medicinal space so yeah it was amazing and that's what sort of got me interested in it i started doing a bit of my own research became really quite passionate about it and the more sort of research i did and then i decided to move into the medicinal cannabis field and haven't looked back um love my job awesome. love um sort of hearing back from how it's improved people's lives and it just works in so many different ways for so many different conditions it's just really amazing <laughs> yeah I've definitely heard yeah. about like the diversity in which it mm. can be used like even just outside of hospital care mm. like just yep. on, a, on a broader scale yeah I think a really great starting point especially for a lot of listeners mm. uh, sorry especially for a lot of listeners who may be confused as to mm. what makes cannabis medical and say yep. what ca makes cannabis illegal because yep. in Australia as you know it's yep. outside of the ACT as far as I'm aware at the moment it's largely not um yes it's not legalized yeah and so you know I guess with the history of it being classified as a, as a schedule one drug in the US mm -hmm. um it kind of went through that period of being quite demonized and now we're kind yes. of having a revolution that where people yeah. are becoming a little bit more open and looking into the medicinal uses of it could you just talk to us a little bit about the difference between medical cannabis or medicinal cannabis I should say and that cannabis that maybe people have the opinion is is still illegal. I don't know. Is there a difference? Um, you know, can you kind of talk to that point yeah, a little bit? Yeah, no bother. Um, so I think a lot of it, um, like you were mentioning, like in America was demonized and everything like that for a good while. It's actually really interesting if you look back on the history of it as well, because a lot of the reasons it was actually used widely by doctors, pharmacists, you could get it back um, in England and America. Back in the 19th century, you could get it widely at your chemist, your doctor prescribed it for inflammation and things like that. And it was very commonly used. And then actually a lot of the reasons why it ended up um, being made illegal at the time was actually business reasons um, so if you look back in the history um, cannabis and hemp um, are sort of plants from the same family um, and hemp was sort of used a lot of the time for like ropes and textiles and paper and a lot of the main businesses at the time were rope and textiles and paper and they were using other materials for that and um, so I think it had a lot of business reasons behind it as well um, and also the whole like America sort of um, started that whole drug war thing um, and associated it with sort of other things um, that were a lot harder like 
you know, heroin and things like that. Um, yeah. whereas cannabis, all the other things in schedule one. Yeah, exactly. Whereas cannabis is one of, you know, even compared to some of the medications that we prescribe people for pain and sickness and stuff like that, um, is actually a really, really safe medication. Um, you know, for example, CBD oil, um, to overdose on CBD oil, um, you'd have to take something like uh, a thousand bottles of it. Um, whereas, you know, with things like strong painkillers, that's a lot easier to do. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, interesting. It's interesting. Um, but I guess the point is, um, in Australia, um, it was legalized for medicinal purposes in about 2016. It has taken a little while for it to sort of gather a bit of momentum and things. Um, and basically, medicinal cannabis means that you're taking um, products that are derived from the cannabis plant, but you're taking them for medicinal purposes under sort of the supervision of a doctor. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, there is, and a lot of people have been using black market cannabis because they've realized that it does help with a lot of the symptoms that they have. And um, that obviously still is illegal, um, but there is the option for people to sort of do it medicinally through a doctor. And that just reduces any, you know, it reduces the risks associated with it as well. You know exactly how much to take, you know what to take, and you know what's going to work best for sort of your um, condition as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things like, like Canada, like um, America, it has been legalized for medicinal purposes. Um, so under doctor supervision. Yeah, awesome. And I, I, I am curious. So I, and I don't know a whole lot about mm. it. This is, I guess, just from my own research and conversation. Yeah. So when you get medicinal cannabis, mm-hmm. is there a difference between say like that cannabis you would get and is it the THC component that is not active and therefore it doesn't give you um, like a high is I, I guess I'm just trying to clarify yeah, in my clarify. mind the the marijuana I suppose that people yeah. I guess would normally be used to yeah. from the 70s that kind of yes um more social drug as opposed to a medicinal drug is there yes. a difference in the active component of the THC or is it the same thing it's just that it's prescribed in a in a kind of monitored dose um, yeah. and legalized in a country yeah so there's a range of medicinal cannabis products as well um so you can if we think back on the cannabis plant um it sort of contains two main active components cbd and thc and um, cbd is like um one that doesn't have any high whatsoever it's got lots of anti-inflammatory properties and things and then thc is the one that has lots of medicinal properties as well but it's the one that's associated with the high so you have a range of medicinal cannabis um sort of products with varying levels of each some are just like cbd only and that has um, no sort of THC in it whatsoever and then you have some that contain both and some that contain predominantly THC as well and um, so depending on what the indication is and why people want to use it you can get it in a range of either just CBD only a mixture of both or mostly just THC um, and there are many different ways that you can take it so you can take it in sort of capsules oil that goes underneath the tongue and um, you can get creams as well and you can get flowers and flowers are basically what you inhale into the lungs which are kind of like what people think of when they think of the sort of 70s um, sort of weed thing but the idea behind it is it 
is more sort of for control of sort of anxiety, panic attacks, um, sort of chronic pain and pain flares and things like that. So the aim isn't to get any form of a high, um, it's more to get symptom control. Um, and it's about doing it in the sort of doses that are sort of more tailored towards um, medicinal indications rather than any sort of recreational use. Um, yeah. A lot of people have found, you know, before 2016, we'd have a lot of people that put kind of like their whole livelihoods on the line because they knew they had tried cannabis and they knew it was like the only thing that would control their pain or control their anxiety and they were sort of having to go out and sort of get that on the black market because it's the only way that they could function um, and you know you take a lot of risks doing that and um, you don't know where it's come from you don't know how it's grown things like that whereas medicinal you know exactly what's in it you know what strength it is as well and um, you know it's not going to have any sort of um you know funguses and it's been grown in a sort of clean setting and things like that no mold um so yeah everything's just a lot more controlled um yeah. you know you could go to the black market and you could you know never have had any form of cannabis before and you're just given the strongest thing on the market which obviously isn't great for a beginner um so it's just about sort of finding the best products um for whatever medical condition you have and sort of yeah that's really interesting I, I mm. wasn't aware that I guess medicinal cannabis mm. can range from CBD which is a non-active THC or all the way to yeah, yeah. okay that's really interesting and I mm. suppose good info um, yeah. for people to just know that there is a difference and there are products that don't necessarily give you that high because I think that's just you know a direct correlation especially mm. with a lot of people who may not know a lot about it yeah so that's just something I wanted to ask you on um, and before we kind of get into what health conditions it can help with what are the exact benefits etc I did want to ask you if you wouldn't mind explaining the function of the endocannabinoid system. Um, It's something I know very little about, but I know it plays a really important role and it's the system in our body that reacts to these, I guess, alternative medicines. And we also have like a natural function that I guess goes hand in hand with what these medicines do. So would you mind just sharing with our listeners a little bit about that system? Yeah, so it's really interesting. So every animal and every human has a system in their body called the endocannabinoid system. Um, and it's something that was discovered initially back in the 70s, um, but still a lot of people don't know about it. Um, so basically it's found all throughout the body and is a collection of sort of receptors um, that everyone's body has. And you have the receptors in your brain, in your spinal cord, in your organs, in your skin. Um, and it's basically a system that is used for maintaining balance or as we call it sort of homeostasis um, so basically um, your body does produce natural molecules that use this system to promote that balance which are very similar to the ones that are found in medicinal cannabis um, and basically if you think about a lot of the conditions that um, sort of medicinal cannabis helps with sort of like pain anxiety sleep problems and um, the body often tends to be out of balance and in, in sort of a heightened fight or flight state um, and basically what is happening then is like the nerves within the body are firing or shooting off um, a lot of the time to sort of make your um, body be on sort of high alert or you know send lots of pain signals or you know send signals to keep you on alert so you don't go off to sleep which was obviously very good back in the day when you might have had like you know dinosaurs um, <laughs> roaming the land and you didn't want to get eaten you know people with um, who were in that state may have been the ones to sort of see the dinosaurs 
dinosaurs first and survive. Um, but nowadays it's not so useful. So that's how you get people with sort of chronic anxiety or sleep problems. Um, and basically what your body's meant to do is the natural molecules that it um, makes um, are meant to bind on to receptors that are on sort of that are in overdrive and decrease the rate at which the nerves are firing so um if you can imagine you know you're got pain all the time your nerves are firing to tell your body to feel that um, discomfort and that pain and um, these molecules basically bind onto the receptors and tell them there's no need to be in that overdrive and just come back to a balanced level okay and that sort of reduces the symptoms that people are having and you can apply that to loads of things so if you have a lot of inflammation it can reduce inflammation if you have a lot of pain it can decrease pain if you have a lot of anxiety it can decrease anxiety and it basically just brings it down to a balanced level level um, yeah cool yeah like we said medicinal cannabis contains very similar molecules to the ones that are naturally produced and some people are just naturally low in those molecules and um, so kind of like how people are deficient in vitamins or you know the thyroid hormones low you can be low in these molecules that your body makes naturally and that's sort of where medicinal cannabis comes in and sort of tops up that system to make you be able to use it a bit better your body to yeah. sort of utilize it a bit more and um, that's sort of how it boosts the effects of it and helps with symptom control in a lot of different ways yeah, no, that's really interesting. So I guess we have this system that's in charge of uh, keeping us at homeostasis yeah. or balance. Yeah. And then I, I suppose if that is naturally low or mm. for whatever lifestyle factors yeah. it's depleted, yeah. that's when medicinal cannabis can come in and act as that boost. Yeah, exactly. To kind of yeah. top it up. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because our body, you know, is made to process cannabis. You know, it has that system naturally. And if you look at um, sort of the natural molecules, which are called anandamide and 2AG that your body makes, it's almost exactly the same as what's found in cannabis. So obviously, and I think it's important to realize that a lot of our medicines do come from plants as well. Like if you think of strong painkillers, they come from poppies like opioids. If you think of aspirin, it comes from bark, you know, and, you know, a lot of our medicines are derived from plant-based therapies. So why shouldn't cannabis be any different? just because it's gotten a bad rep in the past you know it has yeah. so many different ways that it can help people and the changes that we've seen day to day is just yeah just it's hard not to be passionate about it <laughs> yeah no I can hear it in your voice and, and I'm really glad we're having this conversation yeah. because as I said I kind of have never had anyone yeah. on the podcast to speak about it specifically but yeah. um me personally is something mm. I've always been interested in I've yeah. watched a lot of documentaries on kind of how it was strangely classified as schedule yeah. one when really did have all these benefits and it's a lot more of a say softer drug compared to yeah. the ones that are in schedule one yeah and I think it was really a missed opportunity or I guess mm. a a break in the development of how it can really help people yeah. so it's it's really great to see that it's yeah. kind of re-emerging into society in a way that can really make life-changing yeah impact in people's lives I mean I've heard so many stories so yeah. I can only imagine what you've seen with your own eyes yeah and I know you've just briefly sort of touched on pain and mm -hmm. um, sleep but what are some other health conditions that it's already proven to yeah. help with maybe even some that are a little bit more lifestyle related that our, mm. our listeners may experience themselves yeah yeah so I think the main sort of ones and um, the main sort of things that people come to us with is 
there's a variety of different ones, but the main ones tend to be sleep. Um, so it really helps people with sleep. And I think a study recently showed about, I think it's almost half of all Australians have some sort of issue with their sleep. And that sort of goes on to sort of affect your day-to-day life, your mood. Um, it can also affect your physical health. You're more likely to get things like heart attacks and strokes if you don't get a good night's sleep and things like that. So it's really good for that. Anxiety and depression, um, very prevalent um, among um, people in Australia as well. And it can really affect, you know, your life, your relationships, your work, everything. Um, it really helps with that as well. We've seen a lot of um, people who, for example, I had a patient um, who had really bad agoraphobia, which basically means that they can't leave the house because they're so anxious um, about social situations and just the outside world. Um, they hadn't left their house in about five years um, wow. at all. And then we started them just on a CBD oil, which is like the one that's not psychoactive at all, but works really well for anxiety. And, you know, a couple of months later, we sort of caught up and she was away doing her shopping which she hadn't done in five years so that was amazing and um, so things like that and um, pain as well so it actually helps um, a lot of people come to us because they don't like the side effects of some of the medications that they're on already and um, so like the strong painkillers and things like that and um, it can actually we've had a lot of people that have been able to cut down on sort of the strong painkillers and their nerve and um, their nerve painkillers as well and um, because a it helps them work a little bit better so you don't have to use as much of them and b you know it helps to control the pain so a lot of people have actually been able to wean off them completely and have their pain better under control and um, there's a couple of other ones that people don't really think about so much and um, for example like type 2 diabetes it can help um, especially wow. the cbd um, it can actually help to control your blood sugar levels um, and also control your appetite as well. Um, so it's like that balance thing that we were talking about. So basically, if anything's off a little bit, it just helps bring it back down to a balanced state. So um, say that... Um, you know that you have a sort of heightened appetite or you have a lowered appetite it just helps to bring that back um, to sort of a normal range um, and often that helps with sugar control and things like that epilepsy I'm sure a lot of people have heard stories about children and epilepsy and how it can help with that and it reduces seizures and things like that migraines as well we have a lot of people that use it for migraines and find that um you know because if you're getting a migraine like you know three times a month or something you know a lot of people have to take time off work for that they're not able to do things we've had a lot of people that that has just changed um their whole sort of day-to-day life and um, arthritis it helps with inflammation and um, so can help with that um, and even things like women's health like endometriosis which we do about in Australia, one in nine women have, and it takes about almost 10 years on average to be diagnosed with it. Um, and things like menopause as well, there's actually a range of products um, to help with the symptoms of those too. So yeah, it just quite fast and yeah the breadth of what it can do is amazing and you know because a lot of conditions are sort of to do with your body being a bit out of balance if you think about it um and inflammation and it even helps with your immune system as well it just helps to boost it a lot of people find you know a lot of people who go to the gym and things like that find that it helps with muscle aches you know things like that so the breadth of what it can do is just enormous <laughs> yeah and we're so early on in its exactly. research because I feel like it was halted for so long yes. so 
it's quite incredible to see already, yeah. I suppose, what has been proven yeah. to help with. Um, and I think and, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. Like we were talking before about how those other medications that were made Schedule 1 in America, a lot of those have still been used for medicinal purposes, whereas cannabis hasn't. So if you think about like street opioids and stuff, we obviously still use things like morphine. We use tablets, strong painkiller tablets, whereas we haven't given that same opportunity to medicinal cannabis to use it in a medicinal space. So it's really Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it has that um, that stigma around it, mm, which I'm definitely. glad to see is slowly, slowly being broken. Um, I have a little bit of a controversial question. Mm. Um, and this sort of comes from a more social perception mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. cannabis, marijuana in general. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people, especially like friends of mine, mm-hmm. will avoid even talking about it or yeah. thinking about even, you know, wouldn't even think about it as a, from a medicinal point yeah. of view, let alone like social, recreational, yeah. um, because they feel it makes them anxious or maybe they've had mm-hmm. an experience in the past yeah. where they feel it makes them anxious. And I know you did say it helps with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I'm unsure, is this, do you think this is more a gap in, I suppose you haven't been assessed properly to understand at what level your endocannabinoid system is and therefore you've maybe just taken it over so it's in overdrive instead of underbalance or is it, um, you know, it's maybe not necessarily the right thing for all people who are anxious? I guess I just wanted your thoughts around that. Yeah, so we get that quite a lot. We get some people that are very nervous to sort of take anything because they've had a bad experience before. And I think that comes back to the fact that, you know, if you get it off the black market, you have no idea what's in it. So like we said before, you could be never taken it before. Your friend gets something off the black market and it turns out to be one of the strongest products out there, which is obviously going to be way too strong for someone that's never had cannabis before. Um, Now, a lot of people, um, you know, everybody's different so some people do find that THC um, like we said there's CBD and THC some people do find that THC does make them a little bit more anxious but the first step for anxiety is like a CBD only product anyway and that tends to work the best um, yeah, and then everybody's yeah. different from that point as to you know whether THC actually helps their anxiety or actually makes it a little bit worse um, and you know the main thing is that you're doing that under you know doctor supervision um, and you're not starting off on the most strong product out there because it's basically kind of like if you're getting really bad anxiety it's because you're taking a product that's way 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 too strong for you if that makes sense and there's yeah, actually absolutely. a range of products out there that are developed more for sort of anxiety and that sort of um thing so we've got cbd only ones and then we've got a range of products that sort of um have like different levels of cbd so the interesting thing is 
with the CBD and the THC. The THC tends to be the element that sometimes makes it either makes people more anxious or else it helps with their anxiety. And it just depends which sort of person you are. But if you add CBD into that, it actually counteracts the negative side effects of that. So if you have a lot of CBD in with a little bit of THC, it's going to help more with your anxiety rather than if you just have a really, really strong THC only product. That's probably what's happened to people in the past that have had a bad episode of anxiety from when they've tried something from the black market. Yeah. yeah, no, and I think it's just worth having a chat about because I think maybe a perception for a lot of people is they're going to, you know, try out medicinal cannabis or think about it and that's it, like they're going to have another bad experience yeah. or potentially have a bad experience. So I think it's just worth having a chat about knowing yeah. that, you know, you're in safe hands, it's a controlled yeah. situation exactly. and there are those range of products that yeah. have such different, um, I guess they work differently depending yeah. on, on what you oh, need. Yeah. So um yeah, yeah, I just wanted to chat about that. Also another question, this is just a personal one that's popped mm. into mind. So say you're having a CBD-only product. Yep. Um, actually, even if you're having a THC product. For anybody listening who's thinking, yeah, okay, it sounds really interesting, mm. um, but obviously say so somewhere in New South Wales where, where mm. I'm from in Sydney, um, it's not legalised. So if they were to have uh, medicinal products yeah what happens if you get like say drug tested driving is that something they need to worry about or do you get kind of like certification and prescription can you drive yeah um, when you have those products what are the kind of regulations around that's a really good question so first of all um medicinal cannabis products are legalized throughout the whole of australia and tasmania as well and so apologies i didn't know that (laughs) that's okay a lot of people don't um so obviously that's why we have you here today So obviously it's not legal to get it off the black market. So that's still illegal. But if you're getting it sort of through a doctor for medicinal reasons, um, then completely legal. Okay. Um, So as for the driving, it's a really good question because it is something that you have to bear in mind. Okay. So like we said, there's two different sort of main products. So if you're on a CBD only product, so something that doesn't have any THC in it, then you're absolutely fine to drive and um, no problems at all with that. Okay. If you um, have something that with THC in it, um, it is illegal to drive with any of that in your system. Okay. And how long that takes to get out of your system is different for everybody. Interesting to note that a lot of the driving laws have been up for debate at all um, recently as well. So Tasmania have actually changed their driving laws recently. So there it's more about how you are and how you are um, functioning rather than if you have any THC whatsoever in your system. Um, Because the issue is, um, if you think about it, a lot of people drive on like strong painkillers that make them drowsy, you know, things like that. Um, So now that cannabis is sort of in the medicinal space we need to come up with some sort of way um to sort of do that because a lot of people need it for like their day-to-day symptoms pain and um, things like that and it should be more to do about sort of how you are rather than if you have any thc in your system because if you compare it to say um if you're one of the really unlucky people, you can actually have THC in your system for up to a week after you take it. So it's kind of like if you think about the fact that you may have had, if we compare it to alcohol and you think you may have had a beer sort of on Sunday night, can you imagine still not being able to drive the next Saturday and um, like six days away yeah, from wow. it and you're not having any effects at all? But the fact is that sometimes THC lingers in your system a little bit longer than things like alcohol or anything like that. Um, so it is something that 
and I think Queensland um, has started discussing it um, a bit more recently and there has been certain studies that have gone on at the Sunshine Coast University Hospital about driving and you know remaining THC in the system so it is something that I imagine will change in the years to come but at the moment any THC in the system um, not allowed to drive on it but CBD itself um, is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Thank you for mm. clarifying. And um, I guess it's like a watch this space. I yeah, think, watch this space. <laughs> I think it won't be. I think it won't be just driving laws. I think yeah. a lot will, I guess, change and progress as yes. the research comes out and yeah. case studies and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's something I'm so fascinated by. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, like I said before, it's been a missed opportunity. So it's nice to see it kind of integrating into society yeah. in a really positive and you know, yeah. um, I guess, controlled or measured way mm. so people actually getting the benefits out of yeah. it rather than potentially like you said just having all yeah. these bad experiences it's kind of um, like if you went to your gp and like they just give you antibiotics and didn't tell you how much to take of them you know that way um you know, yeah that's you a good clarification yeah like sick from them if you take too many you know it's something that you really need to know your doses for and how much to take rather than just going and you know taking like a lot of painkillers or like a lot of antibiotics without any direction on sort of how to use them and so yeah. your outcome is going to be different depending on sort of how much you take of them if that makes sense yeah you know that's a really good analogy because that really helps people mm. reframe and go well yeah okay maybe I've had a bad experience in yeah. the past because I haven't seen it like take don't take more than two panadols yeah. or even yeah. something silly like don't take more than six to eight strepsils a yeah. day like if you don't have that control in your mind you don't know what that looks exactly. like then like it's very even, easy to kind of abuse the substance yeah like even neurofan like if we're thinking even about ibuprofen or neurofan or panadol like they can be really dangerous if you take too much of them as well like neurofan could give you stomach ulcers if you take it regularly like panadol if you took like a load of panadol in one sitting obviously it can affect your liver so you know everything needs to be you know um sort of considered and what sort of doses and you know they're good when you take the right amount of them if you take it wrongly or take the wrong amount of them they're going to have side effects like everything. like everything yeah. yeah absolutely i know um before you sort of told me a little bit about your experience treating mm-hmm. chronic pain um and i suppose the way that using something like medicinal cannabis works or interacts with painkillers. Have you um, had any situation where it's a direct swap? So it's like a perfect sub in where you can completely take out a really, really strong or um, intense kind of medicine and use this more natural remedy. Have you had any circumstances where that's been like any maybe stories or just yeah. I love kind of hearing the the progress yeah. or development of it from, yeah. you know, you've been on the ground, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wouldn't say it's something that we ever recommend doing like a direct swap. So um, generally what we recommend is if someone's starting off on like a medicinal cannabis product, we recommend that they use it along with their current medication. And then if they find that, you know, their pain's really well under control or something like that, then they have a chat with their GP and work out a plan to slowly decrease that down. Um, and we have had a lot of people who have completely come off their painkillers. Um, so things like, you know, endone, targin, which are really strong painkillers um, and things like Lyrica which are really like strong and have quite a lot of side effects as well that help with nerve pain and um, we have people that have slowly managed to come off them completely and don't use them anymore they just use medicinal cannabis products um, and a lot of the time people do come to us wanting to try and slowly wean off um, the sort of medications that they're using at the moment because they've been on it for a long time or they don't like the side effects um, and like we said we've had people you know that have even 
even been using like strong painkillers plus maybe like multiple neurofen a day and I've started to get stomach ulcers and things like that um yeah and yeah no it's just amazing when you can see you know that some people have been able to completely sort of cut down on that and therefore they're not feeling constipated all the time they're not feeling nauseous and they're not feeling drowsy because you know that's all things that opioid medication can do to you like things like endonentargin and um, so yeah we've had really good success we've quite a lot of our patients have been able to do that which is amazing um, and you know the ones that can't get off them completely have still been able to cut down on them a lot which is yeah. a major accomplishment for them because it's something, you know, that personally they wanted to do, you know. So it's amazing yeah, to be absolutely. able to facilitate that. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess the biggest takeaway just, just hearing that, um, just hearing you speak just now, I suppose, is if you are going to try it or thinking about trying it, it's really important that you don't just stop the painkillers yep. and go straight yep. for the medicinal exactly. cannabis because otherwise you actually don't know what's working, what's not. Yeah. So to take them in conjunction at the same time and just see if there's any difference with the routine you've already got. Um, and then yeah, I just think that's a good call it. out because, yeah. you know, sometimes you might just do a, a straight swap and yeah. the body goes in shock and then yeah. you're kind of not getting the benefits exactly. of either. And we always tell people that when sort of we have our initial appointments with them as well and it's not just painkillers it goes for like antidepressants and things as well so the last thing you want to do is like just completely stop them cold turkey and that basically goes for all medications like even if you do feel like medicinal cannabis is really helping you and you feel ready to sort of pull back from those other sort of treatments that you were using it's just important that you get your GP involved and do it really slowly because a lot of things like painkillers and antidepressants and things if you've been on them for a long time your body kind of gets used to them and if you pull them away too quickly your body will sort of rebound on you um, and you get side effects from stopping them too quickly which we don't want okay so um, yeah, often it's a very slow gradual progress um and it's something that people do in conjunction with um sort of their gp as well um, and awesome yeah. um i had another question just pop into mind yeah, is there any type of person now i guess i just from my understanding of how you've explained it today as well i suppose people who are in say homeostasis who have that balance in their body potentially may not need hmm. this as an option. Maybe they don't find they experience pain and whatever. So that aside, people who do have symptoms that this can help with, are there any, is there any type of person who um, or are there people in general who are resistant to this type of medicine that doesn't work for them or that it's maybe not right for them at all, like it's not appropriate for them? Are hmm. there any categories of people or yeah. is it still at a point where it's quite individualized and it's more of a one-on-one yeah, so guess, there is, yeah, it sort of depends on the people, but there is a range of people that we sort of um, only prescribe certain products for, or, you know, um, I guess the main ones is pregnancy pregnant people and people who are breastfeeding we can't prescribe them any at all just because the research isn't there yet and um, so we recommend not to take it when breastfeeding or pregnant and um, the other thing is um, certain conditions will sort of limit sort of what products we prescribe as well so um, anybody with a history of sort of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder um, we wouldn't prescribe them any THC okay and that's just because in a history of things like that um, it's just the risk benefit isn't there for them and 
because it can in if you're predisposed to things like that um it can increase your risk of um sort of psychosis and those sorts of situations if you have a history yeah. of that um so we wouldn't advise it there um without your sort of psychiatrist or something being on board if that makes sense um yeah absolutely and yeah everyone else it's just tends to be sort of a case-by-case basis the main sort of qualifications for it is you have to have some form of medical condition um that you've had for at least three months and um you have to have tried something for it before that either you know didn't work or you don't like the side effects or you just want to you know you just want to sort of go for a more natural approach whether that be you know medications painkillers like panadol and neurofen and physiotherapy and counseling or therapy as well and they sort of are the main ones and but that sort of tends to be the main sort of um things that we look for and yeah that's sort of Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely pop um, links to mm-hmm. the website and the FAQs in yeah. our show notes below because I think there's probably a lot more information that we haven't covered yeah, on the show definitely. today, but but probably a couple things that if anyone has any lingering questions that yeah. we haven't touched on will most likely be answered there. But yeah. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I found it Bummer. very, very insightful. Mm. And I think, I think the biggest takeaway for me from all of this, which, mm-hmm. you know, ironically links to balance, which is what the mm-hmm. show is all about, but really just oh, that reframe yeah. and understanding <laughs> It's just that reframe and understanding yeah. of how uh, medicinal cannabis works with the natural balance yeah. in our body and how it's used as a tool yeah. to kind of get us back to that midline, that mid-level, which is something that I think is a really, really nice reframe for people yeah. to understand. So I just want to thank you so much for your time and for sharing all your info with us today. Amazing. And I would just say if anyone does have any more questions, any of your listeners out there, we do actually have like a contact us button on our website as well. So if awesome. you have any questions that you can't find the frequently asked questions or just, you know, anything whatsoever that you want to ask about it, um, just go ahead and flick us an email and we'll get back to you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to seeing, I guess, what the future for medicinal cannabis brings. Amazing. Thank you so much for everything and for inviting me (laughs) on. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you.